0: as the Scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's Word. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. Amen. Amen. It is good to be in the Lord's house. And I mean that. I'm not here because I have to be. I'm here because I want to be. Right. Uh, Brother Edu, Brother Joe mentioned that post. That Brother Edu said this morning, saying a Christian who doesn't go to church is like a, a married person who don't go home. And you know, the, the, it's kind of funny, uh, that little adage, but it's true because uh, that's where we belong. Right. Amen. There's no place like home, right? And there's no place like God's house. And I'll go a step further and say there's no place like being in your church where God has you. Amen. I know we got some vision this morning. It's good to have Brother Randy and uh, Miss Denise this morning from Victory. Glad to have you all here this morning. Uh, but Brother Randy, I know you would agree with me. There's something special about being where God has you. There's something special about the place where God has placed you. Amen. Now, I, I spent most of my life, uh, I'm, 30, I'm 36, 36, <laughs> 36. I used to think it was so funny when my dad was confused about how old he was. I thought, how... How goofy you got to be to forget how old you are? You just got to be older, amen. The older you get, the harder it is to remember. I mean, I think I'm 36. So I spent most of my life, huh? I'll be 36. Good. So I'm not quite. I'm. I'm not. I'm just a little less close to 40 than I thought I was. Amen. I'll be 36. Hallelujah. Uh, She was a math teacher, so that's why that's one of the reasons God put her in my life. Uh, Amen. But the Lord has brought me uh, out of where I was to where I am now. And can I tell you, there's nowhere better for a person to be than in the perfect will of God. And I believe wholeheartedly that God orchestrated me being where I am right now. Amen. I believe God has brought me here into this church with this people. Amen. And uh, you are my people, I'm your pastor, and I'd rather be here than anywhere else in the world. Amen. And this morning I've come with a message on my heart from God for you. And I hope, uh, whether you're a member of this church or you're visiting with us, if you're in this place today, I hope that you're looking for something from God. Amen. My desire as I'm praying this morning in my office before church, I'm asking God, please, for a couple things. One, I'm praying for you. Praying that God would open your heart and open your ears to receive what He wants you to hear, what He wants you to receive. But that He'd fill me with His Spirit. Amen. That He would clear me. I prayed, God, fill me up and pour me out this morning. Amen. That's what I want. I want Him to fill me up and to pour me out for your good this morning. Amen. Romans chapter 12. uh, My voice is struggling, but I've been praying and I believe God's going to help me. Uh, But y'all pray for me that it'll hold out and I won't start croaking like a frog halfway through. And I'll just give you what the Lord's put on my heart this morning. Uh, I told you last week before church uh, that the Lord that I'd had a message on my heart, and I pl- hoped to preach it last Sunday. But then last Saturday night and Sunday morning, the Lord changed my heart and told me that He wanted me to preach it at the youth rally on Tuesday morning to the young people. And so I, I did that. Uh, but after I had preached that at, uh, at New Water's youth rally on Tuesday morning, the Lord began to deal with my heart uh, about a few, a few things, a number of things, thoughts I've been having. He kind of brought them together and showed me how they fit together. And, and I'm going to start, hopefully, uh, a series of thoughts this morning on the will of God. In Romans chapter number 12, verse number 1, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. One of the most commonly asked questions by Christians often, especially to a, to a pastor or, or maybe from a young person to a youth leader or a youth pastor, would say, how do I figure out what God's will is for my life? And as humans, because we understand that His ways are not our ways, Amen. that, that He is a great God and that His, His thoughts are not our thoughts, I think sometimes we look at the will of God like it is this great enigmatic thing, this strange Almost like we got to go on a vision quest to find out what God's will is. You know, take a walk about, as some would say, and just go out and do like Jesus did—spend forty days fasting in the wilderness before God will reveal His divine will for us. But can I tell you that God's will is not quite so mystical as that? Uh, the Bible tells us here quite plainly how that we can have and find and receive the will of God in our lives, and that is by not conforming to the world, but by tra- being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we renew our mind. And there's a lot of things I want to say about God's will. I don't want to, I don't want to get bogged down this morning, but just a couple of things we see in this verse that we can find. Because you say, well, what is the will of God? Uh, a, a great preacher who has gone on to be with the Lord now, who I had a lot of respect for, by the name of Brother Lee Davis, preaching a few years back, I heard him say this. He said, the will of God is not something you find, it is something you live in. And that is a truth. That is a fact. That is a biblical fact. This morning, God's will is not a great and mystical secret that you are waiting from the time you get saved for Him to finally reveal to you in a vision or, or in a dream or something like that. God's will is something that He has already outlined for us, and if we will just live in His will, then He will take us in His will amen he will keep us in his will he will lead us in his will but in order for you to find those what you would call big things in your life you need to find the will of God in the small things in your life I'm not going to really dig too deep into that this morning but ephesians chapter 5 verse 17 says wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is well in our verse from Romans chapter 12 verse 2 we're told the will of God is good amen as you may prove what is that Good, will of God, that comes from that Greek word agathos, which means useful, salutary, good, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy. In other words, the will of God is for your good. Amen. It's good for you. There is nothing better than living in the will of God. And there is nothing worse for a Christian than trying to live your life outside of the will of God. You want to talk about an uphill battle. You want to talk about a constant struggle. You want to talk about suffering and loss and, and worry and, and no, no joy and no peace and no gladness and no happiness and no good. You try to live your life outside of God's will for you and you'll find out that is one miserable place to be. But the will of God in your life is good. Amen. You want it. Trust me when I tell you you want the will of God. You say, well, it's not kind of what I had in mind. Trust me. It's going to be way better than anything you might have had in mind. It's good. It's acceptable. It's acceptable. What does that mean? When something is acceptable and it's acceptable to God, it's received with pleasure. In other words, when God looks at one, someone, and they're living in His will, it pleases Him. Amen? Amen. As a parent, you ever tell your child to do something? They ever not do it? That's not pleasing. I am not pleased. You come into the room. They've supposed to have been cleaning it. You check an hour later, and it's worse than it was when they went in. I am not pleased. But man, when you go in and they have... They have taken out the trash or they have cleaned their room or they have just, they've just done something good. It's pleasing, isn't it? Wow, look at that. It brings you joy. Well, that is what the will of God does for God when we're living in it. When we are obedient to the will of God in our lives, we are attending church. So how do I know it's the will of God? Because the Bible says that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the man of some is, right? So when you're attending church, it pleases God. God is happy to see you in His house. When you're reading your Bible, it pleases God. He's glad that when you're studying, because the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. It literally says that if you read and study your Bible, God approves. And God's going, Amen. Look at you, reading my word. It makes Him happy on your behalf. Amen. It's well-pleasing unto God. It's it's acceptable. You say, Man, I, I like this. When you're praying, He says, Oh yes, talk to me. Tell me what's on your heart. Speak to me. It is the will of God for you that you're praying, that you're reading the Bible, that you're going to church, that you're being a personal witness. Amen. That you're fulfilling the command of God and going out and giving the gospel to others. Amen. Even when they slam the door in your face, God's going, that's okay, I like it. Amen. Amen. And by the way, I'd rather please God than men. Amen. Amen. It's acceptable. It's perfect. So what's that word? That word, it comes from the Greek word teleos, which means complete and finished in a full age. It means it's Full and right, and good. You know what that means? Very simply, if we get in God's will, God wants us to stay there until it's done. Perfect. We're to prove that perfect will of God in our lives by getting in God's will and staying in God's will. Amen. But this morning, I want to draw your focus, if you would take your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter number 3. I want to give you an example this morning because something that is true about the will of God is in order, now, what I just told you about praying, reading your Bible, about studying God's Word, about going to church, about being a personal witness. You don't need to wait for leadership to do something you've been commanded to do. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Say, so, well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to lead my heart to testify and thank Him for saving me. No need. He already told you to do it. Don't wait for a a strong gust of wind to blow through and lead you to do it. You don't need to. Just turn to Psalm 150 and say, well, you know what? I need to do it. Time to praise the Lord. Turn to the book of Hebrews where it says that we're to give Him this sacrifice, the praise of our lips. And say, I, I don't need leadership from God, a moving of the Holy Spirit for me to say, Hey, I, I thank the Lord for saving my soul. Amen. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will go, Hey, say something, say something, say something. And that's when it's particularly good. But you shouldn't need a great spiritual moving of God to say, I'm glad I'm saved. Amen. Thank God for sending His Son to die for my sins. You know why? Because He's worthy of praise, and we've already been commanded. But there are some times in our life when God is going to call us out. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we have the example of a young man by the name of Samuel. Now, y'all know who Samuel is, y'all know his story how that his mother Hannah was without child. She was barren, could not bear a child. And as they went to Shiloh to perform the sacrifice and be faithful to God, that she went there to the house of God and she began to pray. And the Bible said she was praying so hard and so desperately that Eli the priest thought she was drunk with wine. And he said, what are you doing here drunk? She said, I'm not drunk. I'm just begging God. I'm praying for God. I'm pouring out my spirit before God. It is a, a spiritual act, which, you know, good on Eli for having any spiritual discernment. But here she is praying to God and she's saying, God, if you'll give me a child, if you'll give me a son, I will give him to you. God gives her a son. Eli says, may God, grasp, uh, may God grant your request. May God answer your prayer. God does. God gives her a son, Samuel. And time, at the time the boy is weaned, she takes him to the temple of God with sacrifices. She has prepared. She gives sacrifices to God. And the Bible says, "She's I have lent him to the Lord. And she gives Samuel to Eli. And Samuel lives in God's house and is raised from a very young child just weaned, lives in God's house. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Bible says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. You see that in verse number 4. Verse number 5, And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I. For thou callest to me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Verse 6, And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Verse number 9, Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. I want to talk to you this morning, concerning the will of God, I want to talk to you first this morning about the calling of God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, God, we thank You, Lord, for salvation. Thank You, God, Lord, for saving us from our sins. God, thank You for giving Your Son to die, Lord, that precious Son. Lord Jesus, thank You, Lord, for coming down in obedience and and following the will of the Father and, and laying Your life down for our sins this morning. God, I pray if You would help us in this hour to hear, Lord, what the Word of God wants to speak to our hearts. God, fill me with Your Spirit. Empty me, Lord, of any sin or self that might get in the way. God, fill me up and use me today to reach the hearts of those that are here. Every man, woman, every young person. God, that wherever they are, Lord, that they might answer that call of God in their heart and in their life this morning. Help me, God, to speak clearly. Use me, Lord, and help us and be in this place in this hour. We love You. We ask these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Number one, I want you to see that Samuel hears the call of God. He goes and he lays down. It said he was laying down to sleep there and he had been ministering to, uh, unto the Lord before Eli there in the temple. And Eli has now gotten old and his, uh, his eyes have become to, uh, begun to wax dim and he is going down to lay down in bed and here comes Samuel. He lays down and as he was laid down to sleep, suddenly hears a voice. He hears an audible voice. And it speaks out and says, Samuel. And suddenly Samuel is here And something really, really incredible is about to happen in the life of Samuel. I want you to see a couple things. First, I want you to see Israel's predicament. At this time in the life of Israel, the Bible told us in verse number 1, there is no open vision, and that the word of the Lord, it says, was precious in those days. When it says it was precious, it does not mean it was valuable, although it was valuable. It means it was scarce. It was rare like a diamond, hard to find. And the truth is that God had essentially gone silent in Israel. That if you will, the Lord was in a sense during the days of Eli, who had raised up a couple of sons who the Bible said were sons of Belial. They were doing ungodly things outside the house of God. They were using their position to, uh, to steal and to pervert the people of God. And God was angry and He turned His shoulder against Eli and He stopped talking. At this time, if you want to know where they're at historically, this is taking up after the book of Judges. And at the end of the book of Judges, this is the indictment on Israel in Judges 21 verse 25. In those days there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. It is a dry, dangerous, and dead time in Israel. And God is not sending His word. That's a bad place to be. Having no word from God is a bad place to be. But I want you to see Samuel's placement. In verse 1, we hear, we see that Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Verse 2 and 3, we see that as Eli's laying down, Samuel's there and he's in the temple of the Lord and he goes to his place. It says he's in the temple of the Lord, there where the ark of God is. He goes to his place to lay down. Samuel is in the house of God. Can I tell you, when God is wanting to talk to you, you need to be in God's house. He so, said, Brother Paul, I just don't know what my life's going I don't know what's happening in my life. I, I don't know what to do about work. I don't know what to do about my marriage. I don't know what to do about my life. I don't know what to do about this. You know where you need to go? You need to go to God's house. Because God is always speaking. But He speaks particularly in God's house. He speaks loudly in God's house. He speaks plainly in God's house. And Samuel, if he was going to hear the voice of the Lord, there is no better place on earth where he could have been to hear God's voice than in God's house. Now I want you to see Samuel's perception where it says the Lord called Samuel. Let me, let, me, let me say this to you real quickly. It's been said that the greatest ability you can have is availability. Amen. I'll say that again. The greatest ability you can have is availability. So what does that mean? You don't have to be a particularly talented person for God to use you. You don't got to be a particularly smart, obviously, uses me. You don't have to be particularly well-spoken. You don't, don't got to have two or three degrees. You don't got to be a great public speaker. You know what happened when God told Moses he wanted to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, the king of all Egypt, you know, the ruler of the known world at the time, to let those people go? He said, God, I can't talk good. I'm not a good speaker. And God said, that's okay. I've prepared your brother Aaron, and he'll talk for you. You ever read the Old Testament much? Aaron don't do a lot of talking. Moses does a lot of talking. In fact, Moses wrote five books of the Bible. You know what happened? God took a man with no talent, and he did a supernatural work. You know why? Because when God called, Moses answered. Amen. The greatest ability you can have is availability. And if you're not going to be in church, you're not making yourself available to God. I need God to do a great work in my life. Go to church. God wants to. He wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to do something. Go where God's at. You know what the Bible says, "Draw nigh to me." Get all nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Isn't that what He said? Come get around God. Get around God's music. Get around God's Word. Get around God's people. And you'll find out God's around there. Samuel was in God's house. That's where he was placed. He was available to God. And God spoke to him and Samuel heard it. He was in the right place in the time of Israel's predicament and he perceived that the Lord was speaking to him. You know what Samuel said? It tells us here that Samuel was laying himself down to sleep. You know what happens when you lay down to sleep? It gets quiet. Now, if you're like me, you don't like it to be too quiet. i got to have a fan blowing because my brain is broken and I can't sleep if it's too quiet. But you know, nobody's talking when there's sleeping going on. There's not loud music blaring. There's not a lot of chatter. There's not a lot of things happening. But it is a time of peace and quiet. And if you're anything like me, you've got to have peace and quiet or you can't even fall asleep. And Samuel lays down. I believe in the house of God, it's probably a pretty quiet place he didn't have a fan app on his phone or, a, or a, a white noise machine or the sounds of, you know, whatever plant. He's in a quiet place. It was so quiet that when God spoke his name, he had no question that somebody was calling him. Sometimes in our lives, I'm afraid, we keep things too loud. We fill our ears with every music from the world. Amen. We fill our ears with every filthy and ungodly thing and then we can't hear the voice of God and we wonder why. Because God has to swim through all the junk to get to you. Sometimes when you take some time and set it aside and say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. Samuel was in a quiet place and he could perceive. He heard the call of God. Then, not only does he hear the call of God, he heeds the call of God. When he hears His name, you know what happens? He gets up and he runs. That's what it said. Here, I'm going to show you. It's a personal call. Verse 4, the Lord called Samuel and He answered. Verse 6, the Lord called yet again. You know what He said? Samuel. And then He called again in verse 10, the Lord came and stood and called us at other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. Now as far as I know, there's only one Samuel in the temple of God at this time. There's only one. Amen? Amen? So you think Samuel knew who he was talking to? It was a personal call. He didn't hear a voice, a voice say, hey, uh, somebody, anybody. Hey, I need some help. No, he heard something very familiar to him. He heard his name. Can I tell you this morning, there is nothing quite like when God speaks your name. He, he called for him. He, he was in a specific place. He called for a specific person with a specific proper noun, and that noun was the name Samuel. And when that voice spoke, there was no question, absolutely no question, to whom it was spoken. And when you hear the voice of God in your heart, you'll know who He's talking to. It's a personal call. It's a powerful call. He heard that voice. There was something about that voice. And when He heard Samuel, the Bible said in verse number 5 that He ran unto Eli. You see that? Y'all ever holler for one of your kids? Hey, come here. And they act like they didn't hear you. That's not well-pleasing. My children have developed this thing where if I don't put the word now after I have called for them, they think it's not quite time to come yet. I don't know how to break yet, but I'm working on it. Y'all pray for me. Amen. Pray for grace. Because my son, I'll say, Samuel Lincoln. It was funny. Samuel. Samuel Lincoln. Link. Link. just... Say, come here, come here, and he'll look at me, and he'll look around, and he'll look at me, I'll say, now, and he'll go, <laughs> start crying. I'm like, all I said was now. If you'd have just come when I said your name, there'd be no crying. Amen. Well, it's the truth. the same thing's true with God. When he calls your name, it's a it's a powerful call. He's not calling your name just to just to chit-chat. He's got something important to say. When God speaks, everything he says is the most important thing you've ever heard. Amen. And God is giving a powerful call. And when He calls, there is an urgency that He rose up quickly from His bed and He ran to His Master. Now, He didn't know it was God. but He ran to the man of God. It was His premiering call. Most theologians agree, Samuel's probably around the age of 12, somewhere in that range at this time. He's a young man. A young, he's growing up in this place, but he's still, he's still a boy. He's still ministering. He's, he's young. Okay? Maybe he wasn't exactly that age. I don't know, but I know he was a young boy, a young man. And he hears that call. You know what he does? He gets up and he hears a voice. And I don't, I don't imagine the voice sounded with the same voice and the same sound and the same timbre as Eli's voice. I don't think God disguised his voice to sound like Eli. He wasn't trying to confuse Samuel. I believe Samuel heard a powerful voice and he immediately thought it must be God's man. So he gets up and he goes to Eli. Now, we could talk about Eli. Eli's got some problems. Eli's not exactly right with God. Eli's allowed some things to go on that don't need to happen and God's going to deal with Eli. But there's no question in the life of Samuel that God has put Eli there to help him. Eli is Samuel's pastor, if you will. His his leader. He is God's man in Samuel's life. And when Samuel heard the voice of God, he had a proper reaction. He ran to the man of God in his life. He ran to the one that he knew the most concerning spiritual things. He did not recognize the voice of the Lord because the Bible tells us in verse number 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So he did not know God yet, so he arose. He runs to Eli three different times. In spite of the fact that Eli's done said, boy, I didn't call you... Every time he hears the voice of the Lord, he does the same thing. He goes to God's man. Now let me me tell you something quite clearly and quite, quite plainly. Your pastor is not a king. Your pastor is not a lord. Amen. Your pastor is not some master. He's not above you. He is not beyond you. He is human. But he is God's man. Now some people have used that, they've weaponized that word. Oh, I'm God's man to give themselves power. The problem is there's no power left for any of us because the Bible says all power is given to God, to Jesus specifically. So I don't have any power. The only power I have is the same power you have, and that's the power God gives us through the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's it. I'm not powerful. I'm not a Lord. I'm not a king, but I am the pastor of this church, which means that God has put me here for you as God's man. That don't mean I'm perfect, because let me just tell you, I'll be the first one to tell you this morning I'm not. But I do believe quite firmly, in fact, I'm so convinced of it, that I'm as convinced of it as I am my own salvation, that God has put me here in this place, and that it's His will, that I'm God's man in this place. It does not mean that I am powerful. It means that I am His servant in this place for you. And Eli, in spite of all his faults, was in that place for Samuel. And when Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, you know what he did? Not only did he run to Eli, but he was willing to heed the counsel of Eli. Samuel did not know God. He did not know the voice of God. And he heard a voice speaking out loud and he goes to Eli and Eli says, Son, I think God is talking to you. So the next time you hear that voice call, you say, Lord, here am I, thy servant heareth. So what is... Samuel, do? He heeds the counsel of God's man in his life. Amen. When I get up here and preach and I bring a message to you before the Lord, let me just just tell you, it's not because I think I'm good and right. It's because God gives me something to say and what I want you to do is follow God. God sends me these messages that I pray for and I ask God for. And when I pray, I say, God, give me the message that they need to hear. I could care, Can I tell you this morning, I could care less about my message being on the internet and somebody hearing it thinking, wow, what a great message. Who cares? What I want is I want whatever I stand up and say, I want God to bless it, I want His Holy Spirit to fill it, and I want it to help you. If it don't help you, it's pointless. Amen. As God's man, God has put me here in this place and He has put Brother Randy in his place and all the other pastors and preachers we know where God has placed them. When God places a man somewhere, He does that so that He can help those people who are there. And God has done that for Samuel. And here is Eli. And God is about to do some things in Eli's life that's between him and God. But as far as Samuel's concerned, let me say it to you like this. If Samuel had not heeded the counsel of Eli, he would not have known how to respond to the voice of the Lord. If Eli had not been there, what would have happened? Maybe Samuel would have said, well, I must have eaten something bad for supper and went back to bed. But because he was willing not only to go to God's man when he had a spiritual question and a spiritual need, not because that man could answer it, but because he knows the one who could. could. But when that man gave spiritual, biblical, if you will, advice of obeying God, he listened. You know what good, Jace, you know what good, good spiritual, biblical advice is to someone when they don't listen? It's no good. It's worthless. In their case, I've counseled with people and I've I've talked to people and I remember one time I had a particular young person years ago when I was early on in my ministry as a youth pastor. I had a young man come to me, and he was distraught, Said something terrible happened. He, he got mixed up in some sin, and it was bad. He was terrified. He was a young man. He was probably 18 at the time. He's afraid his dad was going to kick him out. His dad's a good man. I said, man, your dad's not going to kick you out. He's like, well, he done told me. If I do one more thing, he's, go, he's just going to tell me to hit the road. I'm like, look, if you go to your dad like you've come to me with, with, with a broken heart, Repentant, he was doing good at the time. It was an old sin that had come up to haunt him. And I said, If you go to your dad and you tell him, Dad, this was back then. I'm I'm trying to do right. I'm sorry. I I wish I'd have never done it. I love you. Will you please forgive me? He will. I sat with him for almost two hours. It was dark out. His phone rings. It's his dad. His dad didn't know anything about that, what had happened. He was just calling him to see when he was coming home. Boy answers the phone. He said, Well, Dad, I did this, 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 and this. So I guess when I get home, I'll pack my bags. And I looked at that kid, and I thought, I ought to slap you in the back of the head. He was a relative, so I thought about it. I didn't. When he got off the phone, I said, why did you just sit here with me for two hours and act like you were so tore up and so repentant, and then the moment you had a chance to do something, you did the total opposite of everything I told you to do? Because if you won't take good godly counsel, it is of no good to you. But when God puts someone in your life, whether it be a pastor or even a youth pastor, someone a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, and, and they're there for you and they're there to, to help guide you and lead you and they give you good, biblical, godly advice and you say, yeah, I know the Bible says that. And then, don't turn around and say, why is this happening to me when you go the wrong direction and things go the way they said it would. Amen? Good Godly counsel. Samuel heard it from the God, uh, from the man of God. Excuse me, and he not only heard it, but he heeded that counsel. Let me give you this quickly. Let me hurry. Not only was it his premiering call—the first time he ever heard from the voice of the Lord—he had to go to God's man to find out exactly what to do about it. But it was a purpose call. That God was not just calling him. It was not a social call. It was an important, very important call. Because when God speaks our name, He has something important to tell us. And so when Samuel went back to his bed. And he heard that voice, Samuel, Samuel, he said, Thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. He said, Speak, for thy servant heareth. It was a purpose call, and Samuel wanted to hear it. And I want you to see Samuel's prompt response. When Samuel heard the voice of the Lord that third time, and he knew who it was, he'd been told who it was, you know what he did? He immediately responded, Speak, for thy servant Heareth. If you write things down in your Bible, in the front or anywhere in your Bible, you write down a thought, you should write this thought down. We need to cultivate a sensitive and sudden response to the voice of the Lord. We need to cultivate a sensitive and sudden response to the voice of the Lord. So, what does that mean? When God calls your name, stop spending 10 minutes trying to decide whether or not you're going to answer. When the preacher gets up and preaches, and He says exactly what you needed to hear, and the Holy Spirit whispers in your heart, that's you. You need to call. You need to answer. You need to, you need to go to the altar. You need to call brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so and make it right. You need to repent of the sin in your life. You need to witness to so-and-so in your family who you know is lost. You need to go call him. You need to go talk to him. God begins to speak to you. You know what He's doing? He's calling your name. You Need to get right. You need to go to the altar. You need to stand up and testify and thank me for saving you. You need to give out a gospel tract. You need to go to church. You need, you need to, he's calling your name. He's saying Tim. He's saying Brooke. He's saying Joe. He's saying Dennis. He's saying Jason. Amen. He's saying your names. He says my name. He's calling. When you hear your name and you hear an instruction and you hear it, you need to cultivate. A sudden, which means immediately, and sensitive response to the call of the Lord. Quit sitting there and squirming and worming. You ever see a lost person in church grip the pew in front of them? They know they're lost. They know if they die today, they'll go to hell. And the preachers preached hell hot and heaven sweet, and the invitation plays, just as I am, without one plea and their heart is beating out of their chest, I need to go, I need to go, and they fight, and they wrestle, and they fight, and they wrestle. That is a battle between the devil and God, if you will. It is the devils of hell trying to drag you into hell, and the God of heaven trying to reach down and rescue you. It doesn't surprise me there's a battle going on. But if you've already been saved, and the Holy Ghost is inside your heart, Jace, you say you've been saved. The Holy Ghost is inside your heart. When He calls your name, you ought not act like Link. Look around and wonder how long I can push this out before things happen. When you hear your name, you ought to hop up and run, just like Eli did. Amen. A sudden and prompt response. Then, when God calls your name, say, Yes, Lord, thy servant heareth. Yes, Lord, what do you want from me? That is what we need from God's people. Amen. So I want God's will in my life. Well, When God's will comes to your doorstep, And He's telling you, I want you to start doing some things. I want you to start changing some things. I need you to answer. If we're not even willing to get up out of our pew and go to the altar, why would God send the big stuff? Why would God come to your doorstep and say, hey, I've got something big for you, when you won't even answer Him in the small things? Samuel heeded the call of God. It was miraculous that he heard God's voice at all. Amen? Amen. But that's not what changed Samuel's life. Samuel's life is about to change forever. What changed his life is not that he heard the voice of God. It's that when he heard it, he answered and he heeded the voice of God. Let me give you this last point. I need to hurry. We'll be done. He heard the call of God and he heeded the call of God. But then I want you to see the hardness of the call of God. We see the scope of his calling. Verse number 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which, the, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Here's what God said to Samuel. First time, God, first time Samuel has ever heard God's voice. Here's what God said. Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that is going to shake the whole nation. That's a big deal. Here's this boy didn't even know the voice of God when he heard it. God said, son, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to do something. When I'm done, every ear in Israel is going to tingle. Everybody's going to hear about it. Everybody's going to know about it, and I'm going to do something with you. And Here's Samuel, just a kid trying to go to bed, and God is about to shake the whole world, and he's going to use him to do it. If Samuel hadn't heeded the voice of God and said, Thy servant heareth, God have found somebody else. What's the greatest ability you can have? Availability. Samuel said, That's the voice of God. Okay, I better answer. I'm going to do whatever He wants me to do. God said, I'm going to do something to shake up the whole world. That's the scope of it. It's huge. God can shake up a whole town, a whole city, a whole state, a whole country, a whole world with one person who's willing to be obedient to the call of God. That God don't have that kind of plan for everybody. Maybe the plan God has for you is just you and your family. Can I ask you this morning, any of y'all got any family that's not saved? You got any family that's not in church? You got any friends and loved ones you'd love to see saved and go to heaven with you? What if God wanted to use you to reach the people you love the most? And that was it. What an incredible thing God could do with one person who's willing to answer the call in their life. The scope of God's call. I want you to see also the seriousness of His calling. Verse 12, "...in that day," the Lord said, "...I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him..." You see that? I've told him. God's already been trying to talk to Eli. I've told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Hey, parents, you better take that to heart. God cares when a mama or a daddy is not willing to make sure that their children are not vile. Now, there's sometimes you can't help it, but Eli could have and didn't. Did y'all hear me? He said he restrained them not. When they want to be violent, you know what he said? Well, that ain't good. But put some restraint on your kids. Amen. By the way, both of his sons are going to die tragically in just a really short time. I've told them I'll judge his house forever because you strain them not. Therefore I've sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Hmm. Here's this boy. Who did he go ask about the voice of God? The preacher, Eli. And Eli said, when God calls you, say, Lord, thy servant heareth. here." Hear I." And he did. And then God speaks to him. You know what he says? Go tell the man of God, because his house is wicked, and he did not restrain his sons. I'm going to destroy his whole house, and there is no amount of sacrifice that can get him out of it. How'd you like to be Samuel now? How'd you like? Let's say he's for the sake of just for the sake of illustration. Let's say he's twelve years old, brother Tim. How'd you like to be a twelve-year-old boy about to go to the old man of God and say, "Hey, God's going to destroy you and both your children." That ain't a message I want to tell. Now the Lord has given me messages to preach. Now I thought, God, I don't want to preach this, but He never gave me one like that. And here's this young boy, and God has given him a serious message. You know what this is? I'll tell you what this is. This is a test. It's a test. Can you see it? God looked at Samuel. Oh, thy servant heareth. Here am I. All right. You're my servant. I've been trying to talk to Eli, but he ain't listening. I want you to go tell him what I said. And Samuel's sitting there thinking. Look at the next verse. Samuel lay until the morning. Wasn't no sleeping going on in Samuel's bed. He's heard the voice of God. Things have gone from pretty cool to pretty not cool real fast. Pretty amazing to real serious. And now here he is, and he's received the call of God, and he's been given a message from God. And Samuel said, feared to show Eli the vision. He did not want to talk to Eli. I imagine he's probably avoiding him. You know, is he coming? and run around the corner? God, what am I going to do? But Eli came and he said, Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered said, Here am I. Still being obedient. Still being good. Still honoring God's man. See that? And he said, What is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. You reckon Eli knew God, you know what God said? He said, I told Eli already. But I want you to go tell him. Eli knew. And this is the sacrifice of Samuel's calling. While obedience to the Word of God and his leadership might not always be easy, it is always right. While obedience to the Word of God and his instructions, his calling, his leadership may not always be easy. By the way, it's not. It's usually not easy. If we're honest... It's not easy, but it's always right. Samuel, it says, told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, Eli responds, he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. That's kind of sad. Here, Very soon, Eli's sons are going to be murdered. And then Eli's going to fall off when he finds out they took the ark of God and break his neck and die. Why? Because the sin is life. But you know what? Samuel, this young boy, he gets a call from God. He gets a call from God and young people listen to me. Not an easy one. You know what he does? He responds promptly. God, here am I. Tell me what it is. And God says, what I want you to do. The next morning, he's he's praying. He's thinking, Lord, he's terrified. But the moment Eli calls him, He is given the opportunity to do what God has asked him to do. You know what he does? Exactly what God told him to do. I want you to see the success of his calling and we're done. Read the rest of that verse. The rest of those verses there. Verse number 19. Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord, What did God say? He said, I will do a thing that both the ears of all Israel shall tingle. And then verse number number 20, He does it. That all Israel from Dan to Bersheba, they knew that God had established Samuel to be a prophet. All their ears are tingling. And Samuel's growing. The Bible said the Lord is with him. You know what was happening in verse number 1? The Word of God is precious and there is no open vision. God's not speaking Israel is suffering. The people who are supposed to be helping and leading them are taking advantage of them in the temple. And Eli's doing nothing about it. And God's people are suffering. And then God takes one young man who makes himself available. And when the call of God comes in his life, he answers quickly, promptly, he gets up, he goes, he does what God tells him to do, and then God sticks around. And God begins to grow him and to touch him and to speak to him, and suddenly word starts getting out. God has got Himself a prophet in Israel. It's the young man, Samuel. In verse number 21, the Bible says, the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh. Look at this. By the word of the Lord. In verse number 1, the word of the Lord was precious. In Verse number 21, suddenly, it's become plentiful. Because of one young man, who when God called, he said, I want God's will in my life. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord.